Welcome to Pure Hustle Podcast Live. Uh, man, this is exciting. This is our normal Wednesday episode, and we're live. And by the way, I'm Mike. And this is Orlando. And uh, yeah, it's uh, another live episode. It's an update episode. And we actually decided to start a little early, like two, three minutes, kind of throw everyone off a little bit. Just, I don't know. I just was like, hey, let's see. Let's see how many people will jump on and appreciate all of you that are getting here right now. Uh, today, the winter seller update drops. So we'll talk about that. But this is going to be like, are we doing like a regular podcast and then just ebb and flow? If people have questions and we'll have a discussion, engage. What, what are your thoughts, Mike? Yeah, so I think uh, let's let's kind of I know you're on a, a tight uh, time limit today. So I think what we'll do is we'll just do our normal update episode. And as comments come in, we can interact with those uh, and then uh, make sure you stick around, though, especially if you're listening to this after the fact, this is going to be uploaded as a podcast. Um, stick around because we're going to be talking about those uh, reseller updates, the winter reseller updates that eBay put out. And there's some some important things we want to talk about in that. Uh, but before we get started on that, yeah, what uh, what's going on with you, Orlando? Well, I first want to say hi to everybody here in the chat early with us. Uh, <laughs> what's going on, Kway Shop? As always, one of the reasons we're doing this because Kway Shop definitely encourages us to go live more. So appreciate it, Wayne Hustleman. What's going on, Grandma? Uh, Junie, <laughs> the body mouth is back. Can't forget that name. Uh, Joy Goodno, uh, Jen's Tangle Threads, uh, Anik Alexander, and there's a few more people coming in that haven't commented. Uh, if, hey, everyone, give us a thumbs up if the audio is good, uh, and we'll we'll get moving forward here uh, with the podcast. So there's a there's a lot going on. Uh, it's you know. I, I honestly thought by now I'd be done with this whole flooding thing. And I'm not trying to go over that over and over again every podcast, but it's still not done. It's going to, uh, this is going to become the uh, Orlando's House Flooded podcast. Like it was the uh, Mike is selling his fifth oh, podcast, right? That's right. That's right. Uh, and so I uh, think to everyone that gives a thumbs up on the, on the audio. And so I'm at a place where right now I am so grateful I am organized. Again, I will say this. I'm so grateful I'm organized, which is rare for me. I'm not an organized kind of person. Uh, everything in my life is always like all over the place. But my inventory, I have not lost a single item. And so that's been great. So I encourage everyone, organize. Organize your totes. Organize your shelves. Get those custom SKU labels because it's allowed me to continue on in, in my, my business despite everything going on. And the problem is it keeps raining in San Diego, so they don't want to fix anything until the raining stops. And so I'm kind of in this very cluttered place. Like my house is a hoarder house right now because I got totes in the living room. I got totes in my main hallway. I have my eBay room stack. I have the podcast room stack. My bedroom has multiple boxes. My kid's room has boxes. Uh, it's it's crazy. It's wild. So it is what it is, but, you know, we, we get through it. Uh, I got to say sales. Sales have been all over the place lately. I know some of you in the comments here uh, will say that, <laughs> too. You know, you get these days where you're, like, cranking. Like, it's like a $1,000 day, $500 day, whatever it is. And you're like, maybe this is the way it's going to be. And it's like that for maybe two or three days and then plumbing. I had my first uh, zero sale day of 2023. And I've only had two of these in the last six years. And it was it was, it was weird. Not only was it a zero sale day it was a zero messages i think i mentioned this in the last podcast maybe uh it was zero messages it was zero offers it was zero send offers it was just like ebay like if an emp went off and ebay just died that's what it felt like like absolutely nothing happened and so when you're reselling what happens with those days is you're just hoping 
that the next few days you'll get big days to recover for that last day. Oh, did somebody say, did I say 23? All right, you I'm did sorry. say 2023. It's all right. We'll all forgive right, well, you. I appreciate Jen. For letting me know 2024. I feel like 2020 to 2024 is just one big year that never mm. ends. Like it's, mm. it's same old, same old, except the sales have changed. Uh, and then along with that, let us know in the comments how you feel about some of this. So I feel like eBay has been glitching like a lot lately. Uh, the biggest one is the send offer thing right now. They they said, hey, by the way, sorry, we're not going to make everybody do percentages. And the next, you know, it showed up again on the app. And so it's forced now. You can there's a way to get around it. If on the top right of the app, you hit cancel it removes the forced percentages and it goes back to the normal format. The only problem is. If you have one item that's a send offer, you can't even send the offer until you have to like you have to scroll again. And you have to go to send offer. Uh, some people have said they have to actually go to the desktop to send that one offer. So yeah, a, lot, a lot of tricky things. Uh, and then on top of that, you know, sourcing has been interesting. I've been having to do a lot, a lot of local deals, a lot of thrifting just because because of the rain. I you know I can't do garage sales, uh, which is which is fine and. Uh, it, you know, it just it just forces you to just get out there and do different things. But you know, I have had had a lot of good deals. Uh, bought some old uh, audio equipment, like a vintage uh, Sony Walkman and and stuff like that for a great deal. So, you know, there's always opportunities to source. If you find yourself in a place where like I've been to my thrift, I can't find anything. Go to garage sales. If you go to thrift and garage sales, like I can't find anything. Go to Facebook Marketplace. Uh, go to Craigslist. Go to next door app whatever you can't find anything there uh you can you know there's maybe auctions in your town you can do auctions or you can go to the bins uh there's always ways to source uh the question is are you willing to get uncomfortable and, and try to find a new way to source so that's been pretty much how things have been going uh for me you know it's just it's been up and down uh like i said last podcast or i think it was the last mini mini so i'm not giving up i'm gonna keep moving forward uh, I like the flexibility of my time. I like the ownership of my own time. And so it's really forced me uh, to find ways uh, to, to source and to also uh, continue on in sales. Yeah. Nice, man. That's a sounds. I mean, it, it's not fun having a, a zero sell day. I have a lot of zero sell days um, or definitely more than you do. But that's mostly just because my, my store is not as, as active. I don't have as many listings. But I tell you what, when I'm listing, when I'm listing, I'm getting sales. When I'm not listing, I'm not getting sales. It's like as simple as that. Um, I tell you what, though, the best part of what we do is the sourcing. We talk about that all the time. The listing is probably the most important part of what we do. The sourcing is the most enjoyable part. And so trying to balance that. Uh, but it is really frustrating when you go out and you get skunked. Um, I I had a, a free weekend. I don't always have like free weekends to actually just really go out and hit every garage sale I can. But I tried this last weekend and it's weird, like Texas weather, at least in central Texas where I'm at, uh, it's up and down. So like today it's hot. I'm actually kind of sweating out here in the garage. It was like high seventies today. Uh, but this weekend it was like cold. Like I woke up in the morning and it was like thirties, forties. So I went out to garage sales and they just, they just weren't there. Like I was driving around the few that were there. It was like nothing. It was a big nothing burger. Right. And, and that's frustrating. Mm -hmm. So then I went to thrift store and did okay at the thrift store. Um, I, I tell you what, I'm, I feel like Goodwill still has its problems. It still has its issues. It's still, there's reasons why we called it the store that shall not be named. Uh, but I feel like we were very, very tainted um, with our, 
view of Goodwill from being in San Diego. I don't think every Goodwill across the nation is the same. Um, and maybe, maybe I'm just in a pretty unique place, but the Goodwills here, they're, the prices can still be really high on stuff, but I'm still finding things like things that I would never find at the Goodwill, uh, in, in Goodwills in San Diego. So, uh, it's, it's kind of been a nice thing to see. Um, just having that as a, as an option for me, but man, just getting skunked going to garage sales. I went to an estate sale and it really, really stinks when the estate sales, I feel like for whatever reason here, garage sales and estate sales, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, or Friday, Saturday is so common. Um, so it's not bad because you get the 50% off when you go to estate sales on a Saturday, a lot of times, because it's the second or third day of the, the estate sale already. But you just know the good stuff is gone. And that's one of the things that it's hard because part of me thinks if I keep getting skunked like this, there's no way I would ever want to go full time because it's it's you go out, you get skunked, you don't really get enough stuff. Maybe you get like $100 net profit in a day of, of sourcing. That's not worth it, right? Like I can't go full time on like once a week going out in my big sourcing days, $100. Like it's just not going to work. But then I also remember, well, the only reason I'm only going out on Saturdays a lot of times is because I've got my nine to five Thursday morning and Friday morning. I can't be at the garage sales that are running early. I can't be at the estate sales when they first uh, open. So just kind of remembering, it's like I, I'm going to have to take one of these times and I'm off for like a whole week instead of going on a trip. I'm just going to do the let me let me hit up the Thursday, Friday estate sales, the Thursday, Friday garage sales. And just see, because I think I'll have a better picture there of is it doable as opposed to just going Saturdays. Whereas I feel like San Diego, maybe again, it could just be the the areas because I'm not driving to areas that are as populated. Uh, but I feel like just Saturdays, you could do pretty good at garage sales. No, you could. And, and you know, the interesting thing is it's, it's good for you to get out there and kind of, you know, I, I always said I've mentioned before when I was teaching full time how during those breaks I would take a whole week and go this is what it would look like to be a full-time seller right and and it was it was tough and I encourage you Mike you know over time I think it'll get easier uh but you know if you're not doing it full time like it's it's hard to develop all the networks all the resources uh one of the things um I'm gonna bring in a lot of influencers into our discussion today uh but um auction professor just did a, a video about how if you want to scale, you shouldn't go to thrift stores. You should. He never goes to garage sales, and so on. He talks about how he makes these huge local deals where he picks up hundreds of items at a time, and that's how he's been able to upscale his business. I think he has like forty thousand items, and I, I think everyone should go watch that video. I think it's a very good video. I think he he very much uh, shares that his experience in it. I, I think you can be full time. There's plenty we know. I mean, there's Wayne and his wife and others uh, that go to thrift stores. So you got to look at what's available to you. I, do, I just think you have to remember, though, you can be full time, but you really probably can't scale. It's like you're putting a limit on what you can do, right? If you're if you're full time and your number one uh, sourcing is garage sales and thrift stores, you're going to probably max out. Now, you may have like random finds. Or it's like, wow, I had a I had this crazy find and I made ten thousand dollars off it. Like what, what a bonus this year. Uh, mm -hmm. But you're going to kind of tap out on how much you can actually source because you're limited. Like how many garage sales can you? physically get to on a saturday and if you went yeah, every I, I saturday you know mm -hmm. whereas you could scale if you're doing bigger bulk buys and bigger so i think it's important to to not um conflate the two things and, and think that like scaling and full-time are the same thing like you can you could be full-time without scaling but you're going to be limited and you can uh, scale no, agreed. you know 
I know I completely see your point. I really, I really do. I, I totally see that. And I, I think at the same time, so I haven't scaled, but not for the reasons of being unable to get inventory or being able to get items. I haven't scaled just because I rather spend more time with my kids than spend more time in the business. And and that's kind of like the choices you have to make. Uh, and so, you know, auction professor, it was, it was great in his video because he talked about, you know, all the time I would spend garage selling and maybe I wouldn't get anything. Uh, you know, there's no way I could do this. And I agree with him. I mean, I, I go to garage sales cause I enjoy it. I, I, it's fun to me, but most of my inventory is throughout the week. It's either a local deal. It's an auction. There's somehow I buy an estate sale. I get connected. I've been doing this for long enough that I have so many business cards. I have people contacting me all the time. That I like I've said, I could source if I had an unlimited capital, I could source every day. Now I'm being a lot wiser with my capital right now because you know things are interesting. There is no I don't think there's a, a for sure way to guarantee you're gonna get a certain amount of sales every day. I know some people say that and maybe it's possible, but I have not personally experienced now. I want to bring in uh Big Dre here said uh, Josh God just quit the Power Hour podcast due to dropping down to a part-time seller and getting a job in his original field. How do you guys keep doing the podcast going after such a long time? And Can I jump you know, on this real quick. All right, go ahead. I I I'm I mostly just want to jump in on this because uh you know it, it kind of goes back to why we started the podcast in the first place. Um, Orlando and I didn't start this as like you know this was going to be another job for us. Um, you know we get support for the podcast, which is really nice because it allows us to buy the equipment. It allows us to have the cameras. It allows us to pay for the server space, all the different things that we do. Uh, but one of the things that, that has kept us going is Orlando and I are just friends. Like we're friends that like to chat with each other. And the podcast is always just like a, a fun way of hanging out and getting to talk about things. Uh, and this is in some ways like how a lot of people in today's day interact, right? It's through podcasts. Like it's, it's kind of a way of like, you know, instead of just getting together and hanging out at someone's house, like Orlando and I now no longer live together. So it's just, it's a way for us to stay. Well, we've never lived together, but yeah, we know no, 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 no. live, live in the same. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, we don't no longer live in, together in the same uh, roommate even right now. Yeah. Uh, but you know, we no longer live like it, that close to each other, but this gives us an opportunity just to chat and see how things are going. Uh, and this is a fun, it's a hobby for me with the reselling. It's a, it's a job for him. So we're talking about things that we care about, um, but we get to hang out. And I think that's the big thing is, if you want to do this, if you want to like get into social media and get into those things, I think it's 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 a rough road if you're going to say like I'm going to do this because I'm going to like make a living doing it. It's got to be something you love doing. So, yeah, and you know I I really appreciate Josh Galt and uh, John is also on the podcast there with him, uh, flipping in easy, and uh, you know they they bring a lot of content. I actually watch some of their shows and listen to some of their shows, and uh, you know I, I know. And I just, just I just go out to Josh and say, hey, you guys don't have to necessarily quit, quit it. I mean, yeah, one less competitor for us. But for me, they bring value to the to the community. And I appreciated that value. And and just because you drop to a part time seller from being a full time seller doesn't mean that you're done as a reseller. It doesn't mean you can't provide value to people. So just want to encourage Josh there. He has years of experience and I've learned a lot from him, too, in listening to him. So it, it is interesting. Uh, I, I guess we all we all have to make choices. And yeah, like Mike has said, uh, our goal, you know, the whatever money we've made from the podcast, whether it be from affiliates, whether it be from YouTube, which is not much at all, whether it's from, uh, you know, advertisers, whatever it's been, uh, that was just an indirect effect that happened uh, when Mike and I first started this podcast. Again, it was just to document. It was Mike saying, hey, I'm a new reseller. Why don't we just document our journey on a podcast? This was before 
anybody was really doing a podcast. Scavenger Life was the only only thing around. And, uh, you know, we just ended up landing in, in great opportunities. We got connected with Doug from eBay when Doug was at eBay. And we went to eBay Open and got to be speakers at eBay Open. And, and we just got kind of propelled into the reselling community uh, just doing what we do. So I think that's I, I agree with Mike. I Mike and I would talk anyways. <laughs> and so why don't we do it on the podcast? And, and Mike and I are so busy in our own personal lives now that it kind of forces us to talk. <laughs> Okay, and still be friends via the podcast. Uh, so uh, hopefully that answered uh, your question. Uh, all right. Hey, before we jump forward, uh, do you want to talk a little bit about other great friends of ours? Uh, you know, it's been such a such a crazy year. I keep seeing all these ads. You know, people are freaking out about about taxes. People are like, oh, I'm not getting the same return that we've gotten before. Uh, but I, I got I got to tell you, like one of the things that have has been so helpful has been our friendship with uh, faith and Paul from my reseller genie when GoDaddy went down, which I don't know why they did, but I'm, I'm glad they did because that's the beauty of capitalism is that it sparks innovation, right? They decided not to faith and Paul, you know, stepped in Paul and faith stepped in and they said, Hey, we're going to provide a tool for resellers to use. And so my reseller genie has been, very amazing it's helped a lot of people throughout this entire time uh you know from that transition over to be able to do their taxes to be able to be successful and so if you haven't checked out my reseller genie check them out you don't have to deal with spreadsheets you don't have to deal with um trying to you know track everything it'll do that tracking for you yeah you have to enter your information but it'll import everything from 2023 to 2024 uh and it'll it'll allow you to do your taxes from even back to 2022 and 2020 21 so if you're worried about your taxes check out my reseller genie uh you can use our code below uh pure hustle and you'll get 15 percent off the first month we're also still running a uh <laughs> a contest which we were supposed to rename the winners from january today but things got crazy and so we will next week if i don't i i gotta i don't know i'm not, i don't know if i'll offer a secondary prize if i don't do it but um we will announce names last week. This is all my fault, not Mike's fault. This is my fault for dropping the ball on this. Uh, I got a lot of personal stuff in the side that I wasn't able to take care of this one. But uh, in February, uh, we're also going to have a winner. So what these winners are going to do is they're going to get a free month of my reseller genie. So all you have to do is leave a comment on YouTube, and it's going to allow you uh, to get uh, my reseller genie for a month if you end up that winner. So if you haven't yet signed up for my reseller genie, uh, go to the link below, use our code Pure Hustle, and you'll get 15% off the first month. Again, don't stress about your taxes. Use my reseller genie. Yeah. All right. I want to pull up a comment here from uh let me see here. I feel are you I feel okay. Let me see. Solar Fox Finance says, I've seen a lot of good deals on Facebook Marketplace and online classifieds, but I don't have enough capital to buy everything I see. I spread my money around over different seasonal items to lower risk. Any thoughts or advice? So my, my thought or advice is this. When you're doing local deals, if you can get it for really cheap, it's okay to experiment, right? It's okay if, if there's a bulk deal where, you know, you can get something you know make you'll make $1,000 on and you can buy for $100, $200, and you're not 100% familiar with it, then, you know, it's not a bad deal. Like, you know, if you'll make your money back, I always say within 25% of what you, you pick up, you should be able to make all your money back and then everything else will be profit. 
uh, if it's items that you are familiar with, like you really do know and you know how quick it'll sell, you maybe you already have buyers lined up. Like, for example, I already have people that will buy Hot Wheels for me. They'll buy uh, Hawaiian shirts for me. They'll buy all different things for me. If if you already have those buyers lined up, then it, it, do, it doesn't hurt to maybe spend a little bit more. Uh, and maybe make a big purchase. You know, maybe you spend 500 and you're only going to make 500. Well, if you can make that in a week, I think it's worth it. I, I think that answers the question. Well, I think this question is really asking, like, I don't have enough. There's so much opportunity. I don't have enough money to buy all the things that, that are available. Right. So that's mm. it's the capital. That, that's the question. Not so much like, I don't know if I should take the risk, um, even though there's that seasonal risk part of that. I think I think the, the idea is just take your time, uh, build your capital slowly. Um, it's it's if you don't want to do it all overnight anyways it's like anything if you're trying to you know start any new program whether it's like a weight loss program or whether it's a budget program or like you kind of have to ease into things in order for it to be maintainable and so if you're at a place where you're like my my monthly capital that i can spend is like two hundred dollars i'm just starting out right two hundred dollars a month is about how much i can spend well if you're making money the next month it's going to be like three hundred dollars and then the next month you're going to have five hundred dollars a month available in capital every month and then in a couple months it might be closer to a thousand dollars that you have free capital so you just got to build it you got to build your capital over time and so um yeah you might not have enough that's a great problem like honestly it's a good problem to say like, there's so many things available. I, I don't even know what I should be buying. I, I don't have enough money to buy it all. Uh, you're never going to have enough money to buy everything, but it's that's a much better problem to have than I have capital, but I can't find anything to buy. So uh, just keep building. Uh, you'll get there. It, it's just going to keep building. Give it yeah. time. No, that's a good point too. I agree with it. I agree with that. All right, Mike. So you got any random stories? I do. So I, I teased this a little bit on our uh, last Monday episode. Oh, that's anchor. Um, okay. So this is, this is my, like, probably going to be one of my biggest regrets or like, I'm never going to forget this story. So I'm at the Goodwill bins and, um, you know, I, I experienced a handful of the, like, they're bringing out new bins. I did a few hard, good bin cycles where they rotate out some new stuff and, um, I'm looking through the things and I'm on a Friday cause I'm off school on Friday this, this last week. And I find some stuff like I find enough stuff. I got like maybe a couple hundred dollars of net profit in my in my basket. And as I'm get, kind of getting ready to leave, I'm walking out of the section of the store. That's the, the hard goods stuff. And towards the register, I see walking from the back. One of the workers has this really big taxidermy bobcat and she's walking with it in her arms. Right. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. And I see that she's walking towards the hard goods section. So I'm like beelining it to cut her off. And I'm like probably no more than like maybe maybe 40 feet, 50 feet away. Like I'm, I'm almost there to, to her. And she walks right by a lady at the register. And the lady at the register uh, who's checking out, and it's like a soccer mom. It's like she's a soccer mom with like a kid in the cart. And she stops her and goes, I want to buy that. And the lady goes, well, I don't even know how much to sell it for. She goes, I don't care. I, I, I want to buy it. They sold it by the pound. So she picked it up. I asked the lady afterwards for under $8. Wow. I looked up this taxidermy and like the, this type of bobcat, like taxidermy. They go for over a thousand dollars on eBay all day, all day. And I, and, and as this lady cut her off, like probably five seconds later, you know, this lady says, Oh, I want to buy that. And I, like, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm only like 20, 30 feet away, 50 feet away. Maybe at most, I'm not that far away from like being right there at this, uh, text room. Another guy yells across and he goes, I want to buy that. 
and the lady that's uh, the soccer mom lady at the register goes, uh, I'm already buying it. And I'm thinking I should have yelled. I didn't. I, my thought was, who knows? Like, nobody's going to know that this taxidermy is worth a lot. I just have to get it before it gets onto the floor. No, man, those people are vultures. The people at the, the bins, they know. Like, they're there for a reason. They know what's up. And just to think, like, that that thing goes for over $1,000. She picked it up for under $8. And I'm like, oh. Like, that was my, that's my G.I. Joe moment. That was my, like, that's my taxidermy. Like, I saw it first. I know for a fact that because I watched the lady walk it out from the back. And I'm thinking, ooh, I wonder, like, I wonder if she's putting it over. That was mine, right? Like, I should have just yelled at that moment. Like, I want to buy that. I didn't know. I didn't know that's what I needed to do. Oh, I'm never going to forget it. Like, and, 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 and the lady was smart. As soon as she, she saw it, she's like, I'm going to pay for this and I'm going to come back. And she came back and did other shopping, but I'm like, well, Oh, so somebody, so Jessica here says, but did you follow her out and buy it? Which is what I've seen people do. That actually happened to me, uh, this last, uh, this last week at the thrift store. No, she knew, she knew how much it was worth or she wouldn't have bought it. She knew. Discover the remarkable journey of Anonymous John. No one likes feeling alone, anxious, or overweight. But John refused to let his circumstances define him. When his weight ballooned to a staggering 600 pounds, he made a choice to take control of his life. He began documenting his journey in his journal, and after shedding his first 103 pounds, he decided to share his story with the world. Through his journal, he offers inspiration and hope to anyone struggling with similar challenges. If you're looking to be inspired and uplifted, the Anonymous John podcast is for you. Join us on this journey of transformation and visit our website, theanonymousjohn.com. And in fact, it was funny because the lady, I mean, it's not, it's funny now because I'm like, you know, whatever, the wound is healing. But um, the... There's always another opportunity around the corner. Always, the, always, always. But, but at the bins, like, what's the chance of finding a taxidermy bobcat at the bins? Like, what the heck, right? But anyway, how terrible um, would that be in the bins? Like, people fighting and, and, and like they hit the bobcat too hard and like a paw falls off. Pieces off, off yeah. That's just terrible. Just, so, so anyways, the like, the lady goes, "I wasn't even gonna bring it out because I thought it might be too scary." And she's like, "Are you sure you want to buy this? You have a little kid. It might be too scary." And the lady's what? like, "No, no, I want it. I want it. It's fine. She's fine." Okay, just like so, so your goodwills are totally different than here. Like that would not go down over here. Ours, I don't know what it is with ours over here, but they know, like they know. And actually, there's a new bins being opened uh, out here in San Diego, in downtown. And so, um, I'm gonna, I, I think I'm gonna be there. Uh, it'll, I'm, I'm sure I'm gonna see many of you that listen to the podcast there. It'll, it'll be interesting because I, I am not as, uh, I don't know. I, so years ago, I used to be down with chasing things and like rumbling with people. Like I, I'm not down with that anymore because there's so much opportunity out there. There's just there just isn't a, isn't a need, and so it's just interesting. Uh, real quick, I, I, wanna, I like Travis's uh, comment here. It says, "Loving the lives. I quit working out and focus on reselling. Now I'm fat and rich. Need to learn balance." And you know what? That that's real. That is real. I can tell you for myself, like especially when things are going really well, you're like, ah, do I go to the gym or do I list some more? And, uh, I go to the gym and list more. Yeah. I'm going to let Mike say that. Cause I'm not, I shouldn't be giving any health advice, but I'm telling you it, it'll, it'll actually, it will affect your sourcing. Eventually. I remember the last Q4 run I did for Amazon. 
uh, it hit different than the year before because I had gained some weight and it was, it was brutal. It was brutal. So, um, speaking of that, I had, I had kind of the same scenario. Mine was just some old vintage. It wasn't vintage. It was like, um, some Fisher price toys that I picked up for like six bucks. I was for 50 and, and this lady kept wanting to buy them for me. And, you know, even after I bought them at the store, she followed me out of the thrift store and she's like, how much would you sell them for? And I'm like, well, they go for 50 on eBay. Uh, I can do 30. And she's like, oh, my husband will kill me if I spend 30. And I'm like, well, I, I can't help you. <laughs> like, it's I got to I got to be at 30. So, you know, some people do that sometimes. Uh, I've had I've even offered people money knowing that something is worth more. But it is what it is. OK, so this kind of deals with my story. So. Procter & Gamble, Ben & Jerry, Supply & Demand. These are pairs that changed the game. But when it comes to business growth, it's you and Shopify. From that exciting moment you launch your online shop to setting foot in your first real-life shop and gasping as you hit that millionth order, Shopify's beside you, cheering you on. Selling shipping supplies or maybe promoting productivity programs, it doesn't matter. Shopify helps you sell everywhere. Their all-in-one e-commerce platform? Check. In-person POS system? You bet. Turn those casual browsers into loyal buyers with the Internet's best converting checkout. Did you know it's up to 36% better than other platforms? And there's more. Meet Shopify Magic, your AI-powered MVP, making your life easier. Fact time. Shopify powers a whopping 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. They're the driving force behind big names like Allbirds and Brooklinen. And guess what? They support millions of entrepreneurs across 175 countries. Oh, and did I mention their award-winning support team? Always there, every step of the way. What I love about Shopify is how, no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash purehustle, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash purehustle now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash purehustle. There's this weird thing happening. Now that I do vintage toys or I do toys, I end up like contacting people on Facebook or on, on whatever platform it is. And then they call me and I pick up the phone and I swear I'm talking to like a 10 year old kid. You know, I'm like, hey, uh, and, you know, they're like, yeah, hi. Um, yeah, uh, I saw your offer. And I could tell, like, the parents are in the back. I'm sure I'm on Bluetooth or something. Like, you know, in the back. And they're like, uh, so can, can we meet in the middle? And I'm like, what? And my son, my son, my older son is next to me in the car listening to this. He's dying laughing. He's, like, looking at me like, what is this? Like, why are you calling a kid? And I'm like, this is the, this is the number. They, they acted like, you know, like, they you know, they, they were, like, whoever the parent was. And so it's been weird because lately I've had three deals and the hard thing is when, if you ever want, want to see Orlando fold in a negotiation, have them have to negotiate with a kid 
because I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go lowest dollar on that kid. You know, it's kind of like when you go to uh this is why I don't go to uh like uh those people that like when people go on missions trips and they're like, oh, fundraiser for a missions trip. And it's like garage sale, you know, and it's like I'm not gonna haggle you. Like I, I feel like I'm taking away from a good thing. Uh so it was kind of weird. I my my last two or three buys have been like that. I had a squishmallow buy. I had uh, I had some vintage trains. I had I don't know some other toy. And uh, you know, I do encourage parents that are negotiating. I think it's a good thing to encourage your kid. Like my my youngest one, he's twelve, and he know he knows how to negotiate. I've taught him how to how to do awkward silence and not talk right away when people negotiate with him. Um, but uh, yeah, just um, it's just random. I don't I don't have any solution to it. Um, at, at the, uh, on the other end of it, you know, the worst is when I, I get encountered at the thrift store, like that lady and she's like, are you a reseller? And I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm a reseller. She's like, yeah, I want to buy that for my daughter. And I'm like, are you implying that your cause is higher than my cause? Like, cause, cause this is for your kids. And what, what I always use to remind me of, of like why I shouldn't fool there is, well, the money I'm making directly impacts my kids. Right. So to me, it's a it's a no brainer. Like, I'm not going to sell this for cheaper. Like, I also have kids and, you know, you may be getting this for your kid, but I'm trying to make sure that my kid can go to college. I'm trying to make sure that my kid has gas in his car and so on. So uh, anyways, that was my random story. I don't know if that added to our podcast at all. It was just so it's just awkward. dude. Like, I, I just I, I, it happened to me at garage sales. I had a kid with six baseball bats. He just finished Little League and I knew the bats were worth like 500 bucks. And, you know, if it was anybody else, I would have paid like 60 bucks for him. And he got he he got me to agree to 120. And I'm like, that's it. That's it. So if you're running a garage sale, OK, and you're trying to make the most money, use your kids. Is that what you're saying? Use your kids to get the most out of resellers, because maybe there are resellers out there that have souls like I do. But I know some that don't. So you never know. You never know. So you got to teach those kids a lesson. <laughs> kids all right hey and let us know if you have any questions any anything you want to share hey this is what we're doing the live for we want to engage with you guys we want to talk with you guys um it's just it's i love going live with you guys but now we're going to get into what maybe a lot of people are waiting for is our reseller topics are, are we playing some music here mike for our reseller topics no i'm gonna i'm gonna not play the music just because uh in the past when i've i've played music uh, it's kind of messed up the stream so i'm not sure what's going to happen on this uh so we'll just imagine that there's the uh, breaking news music playing uh i can even throw the banner up breaking news this just in there we go uh so we, yeah we've got a few things we want to talk about and one of those things that we want to go through is some of the big updates on the the reseller update and orlando you kind of made it sound like oh there's not a ton on there it's not a big exciting one but i think there's a couple things on there that are like pretty big deal all right well okay so you stop me when you think something is a big deal so the 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 very the very first thing that kai was they're, they're talking about now that they're you can actually run sales on your active listings page. So if you haven't run a sale, usually you'd have to go to Seller Hub, right? You go to your Seller Hub on your desktop, and you'd have to go to marketing. And under marketing, you have to go to markdown sale. You have to create a sale. Now you can do it directly from your listings. Now, I don't know what this looks like. They say that it's already set up, but I haven't seen it yet. I have I, I don't I don't see the option. Maybe I'm missing it. But what they're saying is that if you have an item that hasn't been moving, 
you have you have the ability now directly on that item uh, to run a sale on it. And I, I, to me, that's a that's great because you know sometimes I have items and I'm like, hey, I re I really need to, you know, I need I need to move this, but I'm already running a big sale. I don't know if I could add it. So it'd be nice if I could like end the sale on one item. And then I could run another show, but I'm not seeing that on there yet. I'm guessing it's going to be a like to sell it faster. They're saying they'll now give you recommendations as to, you know, if your item hasn't been moving, what you should list it at. And I go back and forth. Uh, it depends how good their AI is. If their AI is getting to the point where they can exactly tell you, like, they, they're, they're, how can I say it? So, for example, they tell you when you list things, they're like, oh, here's a median price for this thing. But it's only a median price if you go with the most generic description, right? So let's say it's Spooner Hawaiian shirt. So Rain Spooner Hawaiian shirt, let's say, is going for, I don't know, the median they say is $20. Okay, I'm just throwing a number. But if it's a Rain Spooner Hawaiian shirt, that's San Francisco Giants. So it's a Giants one has, you know, all the Giants logos on the Hawaiian shirt. That will go for double the price of a regular Rain Spooner shirt. So if eBay is able to do that, then it'll definitely be worth it. Does that make sense? Yeah, but here's one of the things. Um, so you're right. I think that's one aspect is like, well, what are they going to determine this? Here's what I'm nervous and maybe cautious about with this. Because there's a, the, the good part of like, hey, they're going to provide more tools for you to use in order to... Um, to maybe do some extra markdowns and move items, but listen to the way it's kind of worded. It's like uh, recommendations. They're going to give you personal recommendations to help sell an item. To me, that sounds a lot like um, recommended item specifics. You know, like here are just things we recommend that you add this. You know, here's some recommended things you need to do for this item. And we know what it was like with those item specifics. It was basically not just like, hey, this is recommended. Yeah. This is kind of like you will do this thing that we say you should do, or this item is not moving. Right. And, and that's kind of what I'm a little bit I kind of a little bit worried about that, that it's going to basically be like, here's your personalized. Here's our suggestion for you to do for this item that's been stale or that needs to move. And by suggestion, we mean you will do it or it's not going to sale. Yeah, no, I, I do think eBay is moving in that direction. Uh, I, I, I do. I, I think the reason they're doing that is because they obviously want sales to happen. Right. Because every sales that converts means more money from them every item that is taking space on their server right means less money for them so i i definitely I, I see that i don't think we're there yet but i i you know again i say this gone are the days of like you list super high with best offer i think those days are i i think are gone i i, I think you can still list like at the top but i i'm more of like you need to list in the middle and somewhere closer to you know the bottom end and i know that sounds terrible but i do think that's the direction that ebay is moving in now they had another thing about drafts i'm not too concerned about the drafts um so reduced unpaid i thought was interesting so they this have is a win this this is a win this is a win i i but the language is funny to me the All language right, so is funny specific. so we're, we're talking about reducing unpaid items and the way we're talking about reducing on on items where we send offers yep Correct. So it says, what you need to know, this change to seller-initiated offers will help reduce unpaid item incidents by requiring buyers to pay for the item in order to accept your offer. If a buyer abandons the checkout page, the item will still be available for other potential buyers. And I do. I think this is a win. I think this is great. And I, I think it's a win as long as they don't notify me that somebody has accepted the offer. Like, yeah, I no, don't want to know that. 
No, because they did have that. Like two weeks ago, they had it where people were accepting offers, but they just didn't pay. And so you're like, what what just happened? And then eBay on a on a community board released that, yeah, we're we're trying out this new thing that it's sent out and multiple people can accept it. And the first one that pays, you'll get paid. I'd rather just not have anything accepted until it's paid. It's just it's just better that way. Because then you're not, you know, you're not I always say this. If you're a busy person, if you have you know family, you have kids, whatever it is, you're planning out your day. And if I have an item that's going to take me 45 minutes to pack and somebody's accepted an offer and not paid, like I'm already in my mind mentally blocking out 30 to 45 minutes to pack that item. And so this is why I, I think is, is, is important. <laughs> um, I'm looking at some of the comments. I'll get to some of them a little bit. Uh, the, the other side of this is, though, I found the language interesting is, uh, they said at their their FAQs, they said we're actively testing solutions that require buyers to provide payment information before they submit bids to reduce unpaid items in auctions. So, to me, I'm I'm kind of like, what? Like this is this is. It seems very simple, and maybe I don't know enough, but it should be pretty easy to be able to, like they said, we're going to require people to put payment, and then we'll accept the offer. So. I'm hoping this doesn't take long. We've we've been waiting over what's it been 18 months since the CEO said this was going to happen, and so you know hopefully, and this is 18 months since the CEO. We had people back in 2019 telling us this was going to happen, so it's been at least four years. So hopefully that will be the case. All right, what else did you find tricky in the seller update here? Um, okay, so here's a big one. So the fee adjustment. So the pre-order fee ah, for okay. orders over ten dollars is increasing from thirty cents to forty cents, and it's in order to help the marketplace, right? Like that's basically a fancy way of them saying uh, we're raising fees so that we can have more money because we need more money as eBay. Which I understand that as a company, like they might be like, we've got expenses, things are expensive, we have to raise fees. But it's kind of presented as like in order to like help this whole system, we're going to be raising fees, but it's to help, you know, um, but that doesn't sound like a lot like you're talking 30 cents to 40 cents, uh, but it's a, it's it's an increase, right? Like that's a, that's I a significant a increase. Why I is it? it you might disagree with me here. So I, I was doing some of the math. Right. And so. Let's say, you know, eBay, I don't know how much money, but let's say let's throw, uh, you know, they're trying to find ways to stay relevant. They're trying to find ways to be profitable. And the recent way they've done that is through promoted listings, right? Promoted listings has allowed eBay to continue making money every year. Uh, even though they've been declining, they, they're still, you know, it hasn't been terrible. So it's 10 cents on every transaction, right? So let's say they have a billion transactions, I don't know what's 10 cents per transaction out of the billion transactions. I don't think they have a billion transactions. 10 but million or something. Yeah, something like that. Okay. So to me, I'd rather lose that 10 cents than have to pay higher promoted rates on items or have them say, well, because remember, they went from promoted listings like 1% doesn't matter anymore. You have to do 2%. I would hate them to go, well, you have to do 3% now. Right. Because that's a bigger chunk. I'd rather lose 10 cents on every item. Now, who this is going to affect, and they even said it themselves on their on their FAQs, is it's going to affect people that you know sell items that are worth less, right? So you need to factor in the type of items that you're selling, right? So if you're selling you know stuff for like five bucks or four bucks, like that's going to affect you. But if I'm selling a hundred dollar item 
and I'm going to lose an extra 10 cents. I'd rather lose an extra 10 cents, right, than lose a 5% or 6% because of promoted listings. I mean, but that's promoted listings isn't going away. This isn't like, hey, we're doing this in lieu of promoted listings. But I think you still have to deal with I just have prevent for one higher. I doubt it. I mean, it's it's one of those things. It's like things prices go up, they're not coming back down, right? Like, so the prices on 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 and the expectation for promoted listing listings has already gone up. And and again, like I you can't complain too much. Prices have gone up across the board. Of course, eBay is going to have to charge more, right? Like that's just that's the way things work. But like, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna celebrate ten cents extra a gallon, right? It's like, oh, it's only ten cents, but. But yeah, like a 10 cents extra gallon of gas, like you see that happen, you're like, dang it. You know, it's 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 never an exciting thing. And so yeah, it's not a huge deal, but um, it's just one of those things where it's it's basically like here's our update, here's all the shiny things that we have. Also, things are gonna get a little more expensive for you, but it's for the the, the market. So yeah, I, I can't complain too much because it's, it's better than a percentage. It's better than a percentage. So like Travis maybe, here says, maybe it's better than a percentage in the sense of, yeah, if you're selling something for $200, you still have to pay all the normal fees. It's just now it's 10 cents more on this, this fee. Yeah. But if uh, it's a hundred dollars and they raise the fee by 1%, that's $1 instead of 10 cents. No, sure. Uh, it, yeah. that. But like you said, the people, if you're selling things closer to the $20 mark, the normal like bread and butter, $20, $30, then, then it's hitting you more, which that's kind of a bummer. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with Travis here. Raising final value fees would have been worse, and I, I agree. Yep, I, that's true. I, you know, so I, I saw it as a win. I, I am kind of shocked. So he said, "I'm pretty sure." He also said, "Pretty sure there's a GI Joe vehicle called the Bobcat." Okay. Hey, um, so you know that that's pretty much. I mean, maybe there's gonna be YouTubers out there breaking down and catching things. I mean, there is the multi-user account access has been updated, as far as now, like. If you have an you have a helper or an employee, whatever you want to call them, uh, what they they can do now is they can run sales for you. They can do promoted listings. I I personally, I mean, I've never seen the need, but if you're a person that you know you have a hundred employees, maybe you have two or three of them that look over that. That's one less thing you have to do. I think it's a win. Uh, but hey, definitely, if you have not had a helper or you know somebody to help you. Mua, the multi-user account access, is a great tool on eBay. It's really, when I had helpers, I had two helpers at one time, and it was awesome because they can list everything, they can draft everything, they can make everything go live, and they don't have to use your account access. So it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Here, real quick, I wanted to share uh, something here, something to celebrate. Uh, Julie here said, remember to celebrate your hustle. Uh, just got back from a ski trip my son this past weekend that was totally funded by eBay sales. Best part was $180 sale the night before to buy his skis. That's a win. It's not hustle of the week, you know, for this week, but it is a hustle of the week. Like I love eBay funded vacations. I love making money on eBay while I'm vacation. So, all right. Anything you want to add more about the winter seller update? Uh, no, I think that that's pretty much it. There's other things, like you said, other people that, that it might matter a little bit more to. Uh, but yeah, I think, uh, I think, Let's let's take the big win of we we're moving in the right direction of fewer unpaid items. That's a good thing. Yeah, agreed, agreed. Yeah, I'm just waiting for that shoe to drop where there's something we missed and everybody's gonna be up in up in arms. You know, like remember promoted listings years ago, promoted listings gate. All right, hey, I mean the other some... one is the Terapeak. I mean, three three years of sold data. Um, yeah, but that's uh, been around Terapeak. for a while. It's interesting that they put in the update. 
but it, it there there must be something to do with how you're able to do the searching or checking and um, I don't know. I mean, it, it's just good to see they're trying. They're they're doing some things good. Like and it wasn't all just fee increases. So, I mean, the beauty is, I mean, I've been in contact directly with the people that work at Terapeak, and there is a day coming where there will be integration in the app, as as far as I was told. Uh, and I, I didn't sign any NDAs or anything, so I can say I can say that. Uh, okay. Uh, this is this is another this one on the Winter Seller update, but I I got this from. Uh, this comes from Channel X. It's some um, some news site it says eBay authenticity guarantee process uh, update. So eBay.com uh, has shared an upcoming improvement that they are making to their authentication guarantee process for streetwear. Uh, the current streetwear authentication process includes two steps: authentication, listing, accuracy. Uh, and so, what they're going to do now is, uh, for sellers, you'll start getting notifications when a listing accuracy issue is found in Seller Hub. And via email for buyers listening to accuracy details will be sent to your email along with new notifications in your purchase history and view order detail pages asking you to provide a response from a new inspection details page. So what that means is right now, if you or in the past, people like I, for example, I, I shipped out a pair of shoes. It failed authentication. Got back to me. I had no idea. They were legit. They were, they were legit via other apps. They were, I mean, I didn't know why. Well, now they will tell you on the app why it was. It'll say impacted and they'll put pictures and they'll say why this item was rejected, why it didn't make it. And the buyer will also be able to see this. And then I guess they get to respond and make a choice because so, it's better because I've had sometimes items that I've shipped out and they get stuck in authentication and buyers reach out to me and they're like, hey, I've been waiting for a week. I don't know what's going on. At least now this is going to stop some of the friction that happens uh, when you're reselling, so keep an eye out on that. All right, did you catch this, this story? This story was pretty wild to me. Um, the 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 Poshmark fraud. Did you see that? I did not see it. It was pretty crazy. So let, let me read this to you. As many of you have seen this, uh, so let me read. This comes from uh, this is the Washington Post. Uh, Bottega Veneta sunglasses original price of four fifty. We're oh, slow for, down, slow down. Okay. I I, I can't I tell what you're fast? saying. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. All right. I'm just going to start later on the story now. A Michigan woman allegedly pocketed more than $750,000 by selling stolen designer items worth $800,000. So federal prosecutors caught up with her. Uh, Brandon Lane Horn, 42, was arrested at her home in Freeland, Michigan, on charges of mail fraud, wire fraud, and interstate transportation of stolen property. Horn rented the luxury clothing from at least three subscription-based clothing rental companies these companies allow consumers to rent a specific amount of clothing items on a monthly basis for a subscription fee. Instead of eventually returning the items, prosecutors say Horn created more than 170 accounts to sell the items. She engaged in the scheme for nearly two years from April of 2022 to February of 2024. Often the photos and descriptions that Horn uploaded on her websites match those from the victim companies. Uh, and so a user, uh, let me see, I'm trying to get down to the story. The rental companies attempted to charge Horn for the items she rented and didn't return, but she disputed these charges with her credit union or canceled the card she had provided to the rental companies, the Justice Department said. Okay, here's here's what I feel like. That was a lot of money that she, she frauded. And obviously, I do not condone stealing I, and theft. I do not condone uh, fraud. All of those things are, are terrible. In fact, I, especially when people 
fraud other people like there's there's a, a certain amount of hatred i have because i know a lot of people who've been scammed personally and it's awful um but i just feel like how can a person get away with that for two years like part of that part of it and again there's no excuse you know you should be able to trust people but like part of it is like on the policies and the procedures of those rental companies like i feel there should be more in place and maybe they're kind of thinking there's going to be some there's going to be some theft. There's going to be some, you know, like it, it's not the end of the world, but clearly she was able to game the system for a very long time, multiple companies. And you just, it just, it's a little bit shocking to me. Like, I feel like there'd be more procedures in place that would prevent something like that from happening. Um, I wouldn't say like, Oh, this, this place left their doors open. So they're, they should be stolen from that's, that's wrong. I don't think that's correct. But at the same time, I feel like there is a, a a little bit of responsibility on companies to 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 provide some security and and not allow that to happen. I just it's just I guess it's just shocking to me that she could get away with that for so long. Uh, but hopefully that's like the the test case that is needed in order to uh, cause companies like that to 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 buckle down and because that kind of stuff hurts us as resellers. You've talked about that in the past when people walk into a store and do the five finger discount and then go put those things on eBay and they, they crash the prices. We can't compete with a bunch of thieves, you know? So uh, I want those companies to be hard on that. But then at the same time, it sucks when I walk into my local target and like the sunscreen and like stuff like that is locked up in cases and you got to push a button and wait for somebody to come open it. So it's like, it's a catch 22. It's like, I wish we lived in a more high trust society where like people were not doing bad things like you could just trust that people would do what is right um but at the same time it it, it hurts us as resellers either way so i hope i hope she gets what's coming to her because uh, I, I feel like a person who's scamming like that is also you know scamming other people and it just oh, yeah. Uh, yeah so if that story annoyed you this next story is gonna annoy you okay now have you ever been rejected a usps insurance claim i don't know how many you've had I haven't done many. Uh, okay. No, I haven't been rejected. So I've been rejected multiple times and everything was legit. My pictures were legit. The buyer themselves said it was broken. I refunded. I did everything and I got rejected. And I'm sure there's many in the chat or many that are listening that have had complete frustration with the post office because, you know, they did everything right. They they shipped out the item. They packaged it well. It was broken. You know, the buyer even kept the packaging. They took pictures of packaging. They sent everything. And still, the post office rejected them. So let's get to our story here. So this comes from WFTV9. Said the, the, the lead, lead title says, Two brothers plead guilty to stealing over $2.3 from USPS through mail scam. Uh, the U.S. Attorney's Office, Central District of California, said Anwar Farid Alam, 35, and Yusuf Vidae Fahim Alam, 31, both pleaded guilty to count of mail fraud. Authorities said that the crimes occurred between October 2016 and May 2019. Officials said that Anwar and Yusuf, I'm destroying his name, Alam, uh, bought packages and postage from the USPS, which included $100 in insurance for loss or damage packages, KTLA reported. Uh, Anwar reportedly wrapped the packages that had low-value items or nothing at all inside. He then shipped them to fake addresses, officials said. Then Alama allegedly submitted the fraudulent insurance claims to USPS through its website and claimed that the packages were lost or damaged. Uh, 
Alam provided fake invoices and photos of the items that were not in the packages. Both of the brothers used fake names and fake businesses to hide the number of claims. According to KTLA, Anwar and Alam received checks for the alleged losses of around $100. Shipping costs were also added. The U.S. Attorney's Office said that the USPS lost at least $2.3 million. So I did some math. That means they filed at least 23,000 insurance claims. Yet it's, it's, I have been denied. <laughs> like, how does that happen? Well, because they obviously knew the things they needed to say in order to get the claims to go through. It, it's that's a lot of money so i can't say that, that that they could make that if they just took, did a normal job for sure but sometimes you look at the things criminals do and it's like man if you just put that like the effort that you're putting into this into to frauding people into like a real legitimate job you'd probably be doing okay you know like i feel like these people get caught if you have the um, smarts to do that you can do far better in in a legal job is what you're saying yeah, like you, you're obviously a competent person. You can, you, you've got, you, you're, you've got some work ethic. Look, a lazy person, like there's lazy people, there's lazy criminals. To file twenty three thousand insurance claims, like that's some work. Like you, you're putting in, unless you just got bots that are doing it. But you, you've got to make fake identifications each time. You got to find fake addresses. That was probably like a, a near full time job for a while. You know, like. And, and sure, like that's you're not going to make 2.3 million or or whatever that number was on a normal full time job. So they they sure did make more, but it just it, it amazes me that that so much fraud can take place. Um, I, I won't say who it was, um, but I have a friend. If you've ever bought a house, um, when you buy a house, you go through your escrow company towards the end, and the whole time that you're you're in the process of escrow every time you get an email from your escrow, there's like tons of stuff on the bottom of the email. That's like never wire money. Um, make sure to call your escrow company and speak to somebody first. If you wire, like make sure you talk to like, there's all these like warnings and frauds and a, a close friend of mine. Um, they, they had like a lot of stuff going on in their life. They're military, they're moving, they're doing all kinds of stuff. And, um, they, they got frauded. Like right towards the end, right before escrow closed, all this paperwork's coming in. They're trying to figure it all out. And they got the final value that she checked the numbers, numbers matched up. And so she sent uh, the money and it was basically like too bad. So sad. There's nothing we can do wow. once money's wired. Like there's like, it's not even like they can like say like, oh, we will research and try and figure out who frauded you. They basically throw their hands up in the air and the banks go, oh, sorry. Like, we can't trace it. We can't anything. And it just, it's wild to me because if I want to go open a bank and I want money to come through, I feel like I typically have to have like a, an ID. I've got to like verify my my address. I've got all these processes. And and to think that there are people who who make it their full-time job to do this kind of stuff, it's just, it's it's wild to me. It reminds you of the story. Did you ever hear about the recycling scam that happened out of Riverside? So... There are people so in California, right? We we have a huge like CRV. I think it's like ten cents for every two liter bottle and whatever. Like we have some of the highest like recycling fees. And the way you get back here, so whenever I buy soda, you know, because I like to buy my diet Mountain Dew, if I buy ten two liters, that means I have a dollar that I can get back. So if I choose to, I don't do it. But if I choose to, I can take those bottles to the recycling center and I'll get a dollar back. Right. Where if you go to like Arizona, it may be like five cents for a two liter bottle. 
So what people were doing is they were taking recycling from Arizona and bringing it into California and cashing in California. And I didn't know that was against the law until I saw the news story. Wait, so you're talking about like basically the Seinfeld episode? I, I don't remember, but yeah, I guess so. That, yeah, that was the Seinfeld episode where they were they were trying to transport cans from one state to another state in order to do that. Yeah, and, and somebody did that. I think it was like eight eight million dollars. Something to like me, that. Oh, that's a lot of money. Um, see again, yeah. like I don't I almost don't know if I feel like that's like a big enough deal. Like, cause like you said, how many people are not recycling in California? Because really what it is is it's a return. When you buy the when you buy the can, when you buy a can in California, you pay that CRV up front. And you basically get that money back. So it's basically like that money is being held until you return the can. Um, but the, the reality is a lot of people don't recycle. Most cans, most things aren't getting returned anyways. So they just keep that money. And that's kind of the point is it's like, you know, we want you to recycle. So we're going to hold this money until people recycle. Well, if the idea really is like we want to help the environment. Well, then if that stuff is being recycled, like who cares? Like let it be recycled. Let them get their money. Yeah, I just, I just, it, it's fun. One of those things where I, when I remember when I saw that story, I was like, did this, is this, was this a crime? Like, this is, this is terrible. So, anyways, I agree with Mike. Like, reselling is one of those things where the profit margins are so good and you don't have to worry about the law. Might as well resell. Like, might as well, you know, yeah, okay. Do you have to put in a little bit of money? Sure, you do. But, Sure beats, you know, the consequences of if, you know, trying to go the lazy route. And 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 you're right. It does take work to go to the lazy route, too. I mean, yeah, all it's not these lazy. Scammers. It's just the it's just the uh, the uh, the black market route because it's it's yeah, you you can't be successful like that. Make that kind of money by being a, a lazy uh, criminal for sure. <laughs> so anyways, that's our reseller topics. Hopefully that uh, brought some value to all of you or at least it allowed you to, you know, laugh a little bit here and there. All right. What do we got for some some bolos here? Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna do two things. One, I'm gonna try the bol I'm gonna try the sound effect and see if it messes up my audio. If it does, then you can just kind of carry until I get fixed. Um, okay. And then uh, the other thing is, I don't have a bolo I want to share for this episode because it's live. I know you have one. I want I want to see if we get a couple added in the chat, and then I'll just oh, yeah, uh, shout out a couple of those. So um, you can do yours. I'm gonna play the sound effect, and while while you're doing yours, your uh, bolo. We could have a couple of people just in the chat. Give us some some items that you want to be on the lookout for when you're at garage sales, thrift stores, on Facebook Marketplace that are are, are hot, profitable items. What's your bolo? Bolo. All right, so I will start us here, uh, and I don't know what's going on, but I think this is part of people just being done with screen time. I find that there's a lot of stuff coming out now. You know, you heard the term iPad kids. Have you heard lately? Oh, yeah. Right. And uh, you probably have them in your classroom. I don't know. But I think there's a there's a push against uh, the use of iPads now where, you know, it, it is convenient. I mean, when I raised my kids and they were small, I mean, it was nice, you know, to to go somewhere and be like, oh, here here's your iPad, you know, and they go and, and they play whatever game that's on there. Uh, and I always made it a rule, like in the car, I never wanted to do that. I'd rather have them bored and enjoy the scenery because I think there's something to be said about being able to be still without always having something, you know, stimulating your mind. And I find that lately, I don't know what's going on, but I am selling my leapfrog, uh, like not vintage, but like 2000s toys. So I'm selling, I have this one leapfrog thing that's a Blackberry, <laughs> like it's a Blackberry, but it's leapfrog. 
I've been selling a few. I've been selling those. I've been selling uh, the scribble and writes, you know, where kids can like write on the little thing and erase it and write again. I've been selling those. I've been uh, selling. There's this thing called a DIDJ, which is uh, a handheld leapfrog item. I keep selling like these leapfrog items. And when I go out and, and I'm sourcing and I'm looking up comps and I'm picking up different toys here and there, they're, they're vintage toys, but they're selling for good money. They're selling for two to three times whatever they were retail. Maybe it's VTech, maybe it's leapfrog, uh, maybe it's a play school thing. But I think there's two two factors playing a role here. Number one, I think it's nostalgia. People are like, oh, I love that when I was a, had that as a kid. I want my kid to experience the same kind of of fun that I had when I was a little little kid. The other one is parents don't want to put put their kids in front of iPads or any kind of electronic device. So they're more leaning towards these vintage toys. And I, when I say vintage, I mean, you know, 2000s, maybe 2010s. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, for sure. I was actually going to share. I was trying to see if I could uh, throw in a, a picture file. I think I need to do it as like a slideshow or something. But um, there's there's an item that we bought our son uh, called. And I don't know if you've seen these. You got older kids, so you probably don't. There's this new product called Tony Boxes. Have you heard of those? No. Uh, okay, so that. Tony Box is um, it's, it's like a big square that's got a speaker on it, a couple of like ears that you could push buttons on. And they come with imagine like Skylander type figures, but it's things like Mickey mouse and an Alice in Wonderland and like very yeah. like, like Spider-Man, different, different things. And each one you put on and it, it like magnets to the top of the box and it, it'll play music. It'll play like short stories. And what it is, is it's basically a way for your kid to listen to audiobooks, listen to music, uh, but they're not in front of a screen. There's no screen. Uh, there's really not even a lot of buttons on it. Like they just hit the side of the box to fast forward or rewind. They push the ears to turn the volume up or down. Right. And these things are pretty, they're pretty popular. It was a big hit item. Uh, I know this last year or two on uh, Christmas and it's that same concept. Now there's another one called Yodo. And I guess I, I will share a little bit of a bolo here. Uh, I don't think you're going to find any Yodos right now, but like Yodo mini, which is another brand kind of like the Tony box, but it's a little bit more geared towards slightly older kids. I'd say like closer to like, six to 10 instead of like two to five. And the Yodo mini was on Amazon for only like $89. And it came with some cards that you, instead of figures, like little figures, it's cards that you slide in. Um, and they've been sold out for months now. And the prices on them skyrocketed on eBay. And it's, there is a big push of people, parents wanting their kids to have some kind of entertainment that's educational, but is not an iPad. The like, there's a big movement to get away from screens. But at the same time, you know, it's easy to say, we'll just go outside and play. But, you know, like technology is still a thing. You, a lot of people don't want to say like, I don't want any, like, I'm not trying to get rid of all technology, uh, but I do want to avoid the like access to YouTube and the access to, you know, the internet. So how do you do that? Well, you know, some of those older things, even the books, the old books that, you know, you could push buttons and it would read for you and things like that. I think there is a more of a push for that type of technology. So I certainly see things like the Leapsters, those kind of uh, devices uh, doing well. Yeah, I, I think I think they may come back. I, I really I really do. Uh, because, you know, <laughs> and not to belabor the point, but, you know, with iPads, like there, there's a lot of things you can do to restrict things. Right. You can parental controls and, and all these different things but it's, it's a lot of like oversight where with these other devices you can just be a kid and you don't have to worry about it there you go have fun 
right? And I think a lot of parents are, are moving in that direction. Now, I did not see, unless you're seeing bolos in the comments, I didn't see any bolos in the comments. And so I think everybody's like, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to kill my market. There we go. Look, I was able to do it. So this is just the, the picture of what those Yodo boxes look like. And you see how like there's these little figures that go on top. So if you happen to see these types of figures, um, th this is still relatively new. Uh, but I think these figures, kind of like how Skylanders were a big deal, uh, in the next few years, kids will start growing out of these. I think a lot of these are going to go local and not at garage sales to start with. But eventually, you're going to start seeing these at garage sales. And I think it's uh, something to, to keep an eye out uh, in the future. I've so. never seen one in my entire life. Yeah, it's kind of a cool concept. Uh, if you got little kids, um, you know, look into it. It's cool. No screen, but still you have technology. There you go. There you go. All right. So that is our, oh, hey, we actually ended up with our two bolos from one for you, one for me. Yeah. So, hey, be before we move on, if you're looking out for items to sell, there's a lot of stuff on whatnot that you can purchase. Uh, I know that, you know, the whatnot is one of those things where you can keep in the background and, you know, while you're listing or whatever, you can see an item go, wow, I could actually make money on that item. Or maybe it's an, it's an item you want. Uh, so if you haven't yet, you can get free $15 credit by going to our link below for whatnot. And what it'll do is it'll give you $15 credit. Obviously, we'll, we'll also get a cup from whatnot. It helps the podcast and it helps you out. And I do plan on doing a whatnot. I, was, I, had, this, I had these big plans of doing whatnots every Thursday. And then the flooding happened and that changed everything. But as soon as that is done, I'll have a lot more space and I'll, I'm going to start doing whatnot uh, auctions just because, you know, if I start going to those bins nearby and I also have a, a lot of inventory as I, I'm actually moving away from clothing, I'm going more to collectibles just because I'm enjoying that more. And uh, one of the things I love about reselling is you can adapt and you can do what you enjoy. Uh, you know, we've had a discussion multiple times, so I'm not going to be late to do this discussion again. Uh, but I, I need to stay motivated. And right now, selling clothing, unless it's like some nice vintage pieces like this, this beautiful, uh, you know, trailblazers, single stitch shirt that I picked up for free at a garage sale. Like, I, I don't I don't want to do clothing anymore. So uh, check out our whatnot link below to get that free 15. All right. We're coming to a close here. Uh, so, Mike, what are you looking forward to? Um, yeah, you know, I've got, um, this week of school and next week of school, and then I get a whole week off. And I think I've got a lot of odds and end things I need to do, but, um, the, the weather's warming up enough, unless we get another freak cold snap, uh, that I'm going to try and hit those Thursday, Friday estate sales, uh, and garage sales. Cause I think that's where a lot of the money comes from. A lot of the, the potential is, so I'm, I'm looking forward to having, um, the opportunity to pretend like I'm a full-time reseller with my schedule instead of just a, a part-time reseller. Uh, what about you? you? So I, yeah, again, I I'm looking forward to going to garage sales again. Uh, I have gone in, whew, I want to say it's been like two months. It's been a long time. At least I, I've gone to like a couple here and there, but I haven't had those, you know, the mornings where, you know, we can flex on Instagram and be like, Oh, look at my trunk full. Like I haven't had a moment like that in a long time long long time uh so i'm looking forward to that i'm also looking forward to reorganizing my space uh you know one of the consequences of of the flooding that happened is it it allowed me to really push through my death files uh because you know i'm like oh, i don't like this is organized i'm gonna list all this stuff now and i'm gonna put it somewhere else and so i, I am really looking forward to that i also have some local deals i have lined up uh over the next couple of weeks uh which i think will help so i'm looking forward uh, to to making those deals, 
And so, yeah, you know, life goes on. Reselling continues, uh, you know, happening. Uh, again, I, I know people are in this roller coaster of sales on eBay or, or whatever platform they're on. Uh, but just remember, d- things do rebound. Uh, sometimes they rebound temporarily and then it goes down and then it goes back up again. Uh, but just remember, there's always people making it happen. And, you know, it may take a little bit for all of us to figure out what it's going to take, uh, but adaptation is key. And so thank you to all of you that jumped on the live. Thank you for all your comments. Thank you for all the funny stuff here <laughs> that's on the comments. I really do enjoy our audience input. And uh, all of you that are listening on, on the podcast, feel free to come on over, subscribe to our YouTube you know, hit that bell notification so you're notified when we're live. And everyone, if you are watching this right now, if you can hit that like button, it'd be greatly appreciated. And with that being said, make sure to be real, be relevant, and be reselling leads. Peace.